0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus Podcast. My name is Shane Winnings. We're talking about burnout today. You don't want to miss this one. I'm actually going to make this a part two. You know, as I was typing up the script for today, I recognize that there's two uh, sides of burnout. There's two approaches that need to be taken. One is practical, but the first is uh, much easier. It's a spiritual response uh, to what we're doing, and I believe that if we get the first part, the second part will be much easier. The problem I see today with many teachings on burnout is that they primarily focus on the practicals, right? Hey, make sure that, you know, if you're in a season of grinding, you have some downtime, and make sure you're you're getting rest, and make sure you're getting a vacation. I think those things are great, but that is not how you avoid burnout. There is a much more profound answer to this, and it's biblical. Go figure, right? The biblical response is the one that is going to lead to your freedom and avoid burnout entirely. Uh, I've never experienced burnout. Now, I've only been, you know, doing some form of ministry for seven and a half years, and I've been in full-time ministry for a little over two years, but I can tell you that um, even when I was working as a police officer, even when I was doing ministry during the day and I was a cop at night, I did not experience burnout, even a little bit, and I want to tell you how, and this isn't me bragging, this is saying it is possible, and I believe it's because the Lord showed me early on how to avoid it. So, if you do what I'm about to tell you, you will never burn out. Quickly, I want to thank our sponsors who make this possible. You know, I'm a missionary, everything I do is... Is fully funded by donor support and we have some amazing sponsors Uh, the first being promise keepers i'm honored to be a partner with them we exist to build up godly men for a better tomorrow how many of you believe we need godly men in this hour to lead us in the right direction Uh, the lord put us as men in positions of authority um, within the household within marriage this is his design and i don't know about you but it's time for men around the world to step up And in order to do that, you have to be following the Lord. And at Promise Keepers, we aim to uh, equip men to walk in the way that God has designed us to. And so one of the ways we do that is through our app, which you should check out. It's the PK app. If your dad or your brother or your boyfriend or your spouse or fiance, whatever, if they're not on the app, they need to be. There's great content on there. We've uh, revamped the app recently and our website. I've got some teachings on there, video teachings, devotionals, uh, Bible plans, and there's online community as well as information about upcoming in-person events, which I'm super excited to be a part of. Check out the PK app. Uh, Aligned Mortgage is an incredible company that focuses on veterans. How many of you are veterans? You're looking to get into a home, but maybe the bank doesn't see. You as a person, they just see you for the numbers, right? Your credit score, your whatever. Aligned Mortgage is incredible because they consider the whole person. Isn't that how a kingdom minded business should be? It's not all about numbers. Um, Sometimes maybe the numbers don't look great, but they can make things happen for a person because, uh, you know, I am more than my credit score, I am more than my income. And this company looks at the whole picture. I think it's amazing. We're so grateful to be with them and have our mortgage with them. And so if you need help as a veteran using your VA loan, learning about your VA loan, which only 15% of veterans use, 85% don't. It's insane. Go to alignedmortgage.com, ask for my friend Ronnie. Tell him I sent you there, and they will hook you up. They're incredible. Also, finally, please share this podcast if you're watching on YouTube, Uh, Give us a thumbs up and comment where you're watching from. These things just help us reach more people. Thank you so much as you watch, as you share, as you comment and uh, participate. Let's get into this. This is why burnout happens. Now, again, I'm not going to get into the practicals, really. We're going to talk about that tomorrow in part two. But this is truly why burnout happens. Burnout happens because your focus shifts from faith to flesh. Your focus shifts from faith to fruit. That is it. That is actually the only true reason that burnout happens. How do I know? Because if you were doing something that was fulfilling, and and it was, and you just loved it. And it was, uh, you, were, you were doing what God told you to do, and you're just walking in your lane, and you feel like you're in your element. You feel like you're never going to burn out. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. When you're doing what God created you to do, whatever that is for you, because it's different for every person. Not every person is a preacher. Not every person is a, you know, has some part of the fivefold ministry. Um, God is using people in different spheres of influence in different areas around the world. You know, the seven pillars they talk about, maybe you're in that element and God is using you and you just feel like, dude, I could do this all day, every day for the rest of my life. I love this. Why would you burn out? You would only burn out if you begin to look at the fruit alone or you begin to look through the lens of your flesh instead of faith. Here's what I'm talking about. You know, you've got a pastor, say, or, you know, a youth leader, or maybe you're listening and, I don't know, you run a Jesus club or something like that. And it can be tempting for you to look at the number or maybe the lack of the number of people who come to your group. And where you once started with fire and passion and zeal, and you started in faith, and most importantly, you started out of obedience to God. Now you're assessing. You're analyzing. You're surveying. You're saying, ah, you know, if things were going the way they should be, we'd have more people by now. We'd have more funding. We'd have more whatever, fill in the blank. We would have better testimonies. If this was going the way that we thought it would, we would have this. Now, again, I'll get into the practicals tomorrow. There, th- it's not to say that there isn't a place to uh, to work in an excellent way to try to improve things unto God. But this is not the heart of someone who's burning out. They're not looking to make something excellent for the Lord. Those who burn out, and I'm not condemning anyone. You guys probably have heard me by now. This That's not my aim. That's not my, you know, uh, it's not the way I go about things. It's not my MO, but I tell it how it is, and if you are burning out, that is because you have lost sight of why you started, and you're looking at the fruit. Say that you do have a little club. You got a Jesus club at your high school or something like that. If you're listening, if you're like a you know, a a teenager, you're in high school, you've got this club, right? God told you to start it. You feel this passion and maybe, you know, you had a bunch of kids and maybe you don't anymore, or maybe you never had a bunch of kids and it just hasn't seemed to grow. And you feel like you're getting burned out because you're doing all this work and you're trying so hard and you're trying to promote it and you're trying to invite people and you're just not seeing the growth. Now, what happens if you begin to focus on the problem, the problem being I don't have a lot of people or I used to have 50 people. Now I've got 10. If that is your focus, then you will assess and determine you've done something wrong or maybe God's just not on this and you will give up. You'll be discouraged. You will probably quit at some point or you won't be able to put the same effort into it as before because you're losing your fire because your fire seems to be determined by how many people come. You can't let your fruit affect your fire. Your fire comes from your faith and your faith comes out of obedience to the Lord. Come on, am I speaking to anyone right now? Like, listen, if God told you, I I need you to hear me, high schooler, youth pastor, lead pastor, whoever listens to this, if God told you to start it, why would you get discouraged if it's not going the way you thought it would? Who, who told you to start it in the first place? Okay, God did. Okay, what is the purpose of what you started? Is it to reach souls? Is it to equip the body? Whatever it is. Is it a noble, godly, biblical, heavenly-minded reason? Yes. Okay, so the verse that comes to mind is, Do not grow weary <laughs> in doing good. Another verse, don't despise small beginnings or humble beginnings. Guys, let, let me let me make this really practical and easy for you. Can you imagine Jesus getting burned out? Now maybe you're laughing at that and you're like, well no. okay, did this guy have every reason in the world to get burned out? He had a failing ministry. I mean, guys, he's getting rejected in his own hometown. He can't even have a meeting in his own hometown without getting run off. They don't want anything to do with him, so he can't even perform many miracles there because they reject him. He's got people fleeing. Like, he started preaching to thousands and feeding thousands, and then he says some things that they don't like, and they leave by the thousands. He's driving them away. People are asking to follow him. He says no. He's healing people, and then he's telling them to go away. He's not adding to his ministry. This is not going well by worldly standards. On top of that, he's hated by the church. People want to kill him. He has to slip away at times. His own disciple betrays him, and his closest ones desert him in his time of need. Literally the night that he's betrayed and he's going to be offered up for crucifixion, All of his disciples forsook him. This is the Bible. This is what it says. Now, yes, there was one there finally at the scene of the crucifixion. But when Jesus was delivered up, it says all of his disciples forsook him and they scattered. Peter denied him three times, just said he would die for him. Jesus had a failing ministry by the world's standards. Was he offended? And did he show any signs of burnout? No. No. Well, how's that possible? Because his eye was not on fruit. If his eye was on fruit, he would have sat down with the disciples and said, okay guys, let, let's, let's brainstorm here. Oh, gosh, you know, I had a chance there. We had 5,000 people. We fed them all. Like we did this. We brought them in. We gave them the food. You know, this is the modern day, like donuts and coffee there at church. Okay. We've got everyone fed the fishes, the bread, the loves everything. And then the they would say, Jesus, listen, the message was just a little, you know, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, Lord, this is, um, you know, you heard him, but this is a hard teaching. Here's what I recommend, and we're not trying to change anything. We know you're speaking from God. Maybe you could just not focus on those. Maybe you leave those parts out a little bit because it's scaring people away. And, you know, our goal, a, a successful ministry, we believe is, you know, the whole world following you, which means we need tens and tens and hundreds of thousands of people to come to these meetings. We're going backwards. And if you keep preaching this stuff, if you keep, you know, if you even look at a woman and you lust in your, you've already committed adultery in your heart, Jesus, these are, you know, you can't say things like that to the leaders of the church. Who can maintain that kind of standard? I don't think you should be preaching stuff like that. And then imagine Jesus being like, yeah, you guys are right. You guys are right. We're, we're driving people away. I need to be a little bit softer. I need to be more compassionate, a little more considerate. D- that is ridiculous. Jesus would never do that. Why? Because he came for a purpose. He came to reveal God in the flesh. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm the visible image of the invisible God. God. He came to redeem mankind and reconcile us, restore us back to the Father through his death on the cross. Nothing was going to make him uh, deviate from that plan. Nothing was going to discourage him. Are you with me? Jesus did not take his eyes off of the mission. So I want to ask you, person who might be experiencing or you are on the verge or you're being tempted to burn out, what are you looking at? What are you focusing on? If God has called you to serve faithfully as a, as a club leader, as a youth pastor, as a lead pastor, then the only question you have to ask is, am I being obedient? Am I being obedient? Obedience is the answer. Fruit is not the purpose of your life. Now, the Bible teaches that you will produce godly fruit, but what's more important, producing fruit or being obedient to God? Being obedient to God. The Bible even says that God wants obedience over sacrifice. Obedience to God, saying yes to him and doing whatever he says when he says it is the most important thing in the world. And so I ask you again, who called you to do what you're doing right now? specifically in ministry or in the career that you're in, you feel like God called you. Who called you there? Because if it is God, then you need to obey him. You need to stay wherever he has put you until he moves you to another location. And you cannot be discouraged by things not going the way that you thought they would. Come on, the Bible even tells us that true faith is believing in what you don't see. Not even the absence of The things that you want to see. But what about in the presence of opposition? Maybe you're like, no, I'm not just seeing a lack of fruit. I'm actually catching heat. You know, the school's trying to shut my club down or my youth, whatever, there's this going on or my church, there's this division. You're facing opposition. This is where you dig in and you find out what you really believe. Because if God has called you, then you can say, Lord, I don't know how this is going to work out but I trust in you, I love you, I believe in you, I believe you called me to this, and I'm going to put my hand and my feet to this work, and I'm not going to look back. I'm not going to second guess. I'm not going to be double-minded. You've called me here, I'm going to serve, and I know that when my time is up here, you will move me somewhere else. You're a perfect father, you speak to me, I can hear your voice, and I thank you, God, I'm not going to miss it when you tell me something. I'm not going to miss it when you move me. I'm not going to miss it. I can hear your voice. Some of you just need to encourage yourself with that fact. Lord, I can hear your voice, and I thank you that you do speak to me. And I thank you that you hear me, God. We are in a relationship. We communicate, and, Lord, I'm going to serve in this place faithfully. Even now, maybe you need to repent for looking at fruit. Maybe God's called you into an online ministry. I'll tell you, this is a killer for anyone who struggles with um, performance-based results, right? You, God's called you to online ministry, and I, don't, I can't tell you how many messages I get of people who are like, How do I grow my online ministry? I'm not getting any views. Did God call you to it? Now listen, just because it's a godly thing doesn't mean God called you there. It's fine that you want to step out, but some of you maybe were not called to preach on social media. Now we're all supposed to preach, don't get me wrong, but there are some people who it's clear there's a grace for them to be on social media because it's like everything they do explodes. And then there's people who are just doing it because they just want to, which I think is a great heart, or some feel obligated to, which isn't necessarily a healthy thing, but listen we're all trying to hear the Lord, we're all working, but maybe you felt this like I should be preaching on social media, and then it's not working out. You need to assess. It's okay if God tells you, hey, you know, this isn't where I I want you focusing your efforts right now. I want you to focus your efforts somewhere else. But then there's this place where you know you're called to social media, but you're not seeing the fruit. You just keep going. I can't tell you how many times I've been banned, my TikTok account taken down, almost a million followers, um, censored, shadow banned. People saying they made them unfollow me, they removed them as followers from my account. They don't get notified of my post. My they don't. The people ask me, "Hey, are you still making content?" And I'm posting videos like almost every day. If I look at just the fruit, I will get discouraged. I'll say, oh, God, what's going on? I used to get millions of views, and now some of these videos, they don't even get a 1,000 views. The the big tech is censoring me. I don't know if I should be doing this anymore. That's not even up for discussion. If God called me here, I'm going to stay here until he tells me to move on. And he hasn't told me to move on, so here I am still making content, still recording, still pushing things out, not getting discouraged by the views, not getting discouraged by the engagement. People ask me, how did you grow on YouTube? I said, I posted three to seven times a day for 10 months, a minimum of three times a day. Sometimes I was posting seven short uh, videos a day, YouTube shorts, for 10 months, and I saw the most minimal growth possible. I mean, it was, by man's standards, it was not worth it, what I was doing. It wasn't, I was not getting, uh, the return for the work I was putting in, but God told me to do it. You know what happened in the 11th month, my account, my analytics skyrocketed. I began to grow 20 to 40,000 subscribers a week. And I, I went from uh, 10,000 to 400 something thousand within a couple of months. I mean, it happened so fast. Why? God told me to do it, and when I continued in faith, despite the the opposition, so to speak, the, the lack of fruit, I did not let that discourage me. I kept going, and then I saw a harvest. Let that be a word for some of you. You're plowing right now, and you're saying, man, it doesn't even feel worth it, but I feel like I'm supposed to be doing this. Obedience is more important than anything else. If God has called you there, stay there. And the way that you keep your heart from getting worn down, the way that you keep your mind from racing, the way that you stay invested is you do what Paul says. Don't try to finish in the flesh what you started in the spirit. If you started with this passion, this zeal, those things are great, but zeal will come and go. Obedience to the Lord is more important than zeal. What does that mean? there's times when I want to obey God so bad on a word he's given me or whatever, like everything in me is yes, let's do this. This is so awesome. And then if you've been a Christian long enough, you can attest to what I'm about to say. There's times when God asks you to do something and you're like, Lord, I don't want to do that. Please ask me anything else. Right? But what do you do? You do it because you don't want to disobey God. The zeal, the passion, the emotional response, its not always there, but obedience must always be there. And so you just keep plowing and God can reward your obedience. He cannot reward your disobedience. He cannot reward you for continuing the faith. If you back out early because you got discouraged, is this speaking to anyone? Like this is how you avoid burnout. I have never been burned out in over seven years over two years of full-time ministry, traveling 50,000 miles plus a year, many different churches, many different whatever. I have a family. It's a lot, but I don't focus on these things. I don't focus on, oh gosh, you know, all these miles and this and that. I don't focus on like, well, I traveled this far and, you know, this person didn't pay or this person, they, I went this far for a meeting and there were only 10 people there. Like I've preached at 5,000, uh, a conference of 5,000, and then, uh, like a month later, I was asked to, to drive out like hours to a meeting that was very, very small, and I didn't know if I was going to be paid. And I don't even care because if any of you have ever done ministry with me, I don't ask that. People say, what do you charge? I don't. I'm I'm coming to preach the gospel. I believe in what I'm doing. Like, do people bless me? They do. I never ask. We never dictate an amount. I never ask for any of that stuff. I have to keep my heart pure. But you could get burned out easily if you begin to look at these things. That's why if you notice on my booking form, it doesn't say, well, how many people are going to be there and this and that. Why? Because I am not trying to get my head wrapped around fruit. All I want to know is where do I need to go and do I need to book my own stuff? Are you guys booking it? And then I'll ask God yes or no. It can be so easy for ministers to begin to look at the fruit and go, well, this place pays more, this place doesn't pay, this place has a thousand, this place has ten, and you measure by the fruit. That's a problem because you're revealing that you're living your life in a fleshly way in some sense, and you are eligible for burnout. What if this place has a thousand people and it pays three thousand dollars? This place has 10, and they say, Hey, look, we're a little ministry. We can't really afford to do anything. What if God wants you to go there? But you're in your flesh. You're thinking naturally. You're not even listening for God. Come on, I know this is speaking to someone. Remove all of those things. Don't even, who even cares? I just want to know, God, what do you want me to do? And then I say, Yes, sir. And I just go do it, and I avoid burnout. Now tomorrow we're going to get into some of the practicals because I have been in situations, in seasons, where I was not walking in my lane. I was not where God wanted me to be any longer, and I began to feel that uh, wearing on me. And when I assessed it, and I said, Lord, why? Why am I being tempted to be discouraged? Why am I feeling this desire to just like quit and, and be burned out? Like I feel this, it's like burnout was at the door and it was knocking. I said, God, why is this happening? Because I feel so close to, to this thing coming, you know, coming in the room and, and affecting me. And the Lord said, because the grace for you to be where you're at has left and I want you to be somewhere else. And I said, oh my gosh. And I immediately obeyed. And it was like I was revived again. So I'm going to get into this tomorrow of, it doesn't always mean just grind it out wherever you are. That's not what I said. I said, make sure you are obeying God. And there are little signals and there are, you know, red flags, so to speak, not in a bad way, but I didn't really know how to word that differently, where you just recognize, oh wait, something might have changed. It's time to go to prayer. It's time to reassess. Am I still supposed to be here? Am I dealing with a you know, a wrong perspective, or is God truly calling me out into something different? When the grace is on something, you'll be able to keep going, but when the grace leaves, it's very Uh, it's very recognizable because it's like you instantly feel disconnected from your assignment and you feel like you're supposed to be somewhere else. We're going to get into that tomorrow because I don't want to just equip you today with the right perspective. Tomorrow, I want to give you the tools to practically navigate different seasons of life because as cliche as that word is, and Christians use it all the time, it does seem like there are different seasons. And uh, I don't want that to just be a catch-all word. I want to help you recognize when you go from one season to another, when you transition, and how to do it well and with excellence. So guys, thank you for listening. I hope this helped you today. If you're watching on YouTube, will you leave some comments? Will you share this video? If you're listening on the podcast, would you copy that link, send it to some friends and family, send it to some ministry partners, send it to people in your club who might be uh, you know, struggling with burnout or you wanna help them avoid burnout? I really believe this is gonna help. And finally, We're always looking for partners to come alongside us as missionaries. You know, we have so many uh, amazing people that donate to our ministry, but life happens. People donate for a season and then they drop out. So we're always trying to fill those gaps and we're looking for people to join us and just commit a dollar a day, which is $30 a month. If that's you, if you feel like God's pressing that on your heart, you could give any amount. We have people who give a dollar a month, and we're so thankful that you're on our team. But if you'd like to sign up to help, go to shanewinnings.com donate and join our monthly team. Get access to our monthly Donor Zoom, which is happening uh, next week, and uh, we'd love to see you on there. We're so grateful. Above all, please keep praying for us as we keep plowing and try to put the word out. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow.